Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Okay, so we started talking about the faith life, and we are looking at Mark eleven twenty three. And we read the whole context of Mark 11.23. If you were not here on Sunday, I'd like you to get back to the message and listen to it. I want to continue this morning because I want to make sure I finish this up next Sunday. So we talked about the effect of words. The power of faith and the effect of words. So let's go to Mark chapter 11. And we are going to continue from the verse which we stopped on Sunday, which is verse 22. So Mark 11, and we said the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree is recorded in Matthew 21 and Mark 11. But Mark 11 is the most detailed description. So Mark 11 and verse 22. So Jesus answered... And we said that if the tree wasn't speaking to Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have answered it. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, we said have faith in God in the literal translation means have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. And I said on Sunday that Jesus was telling them to have the God kind of faith because he has not gone to the cross. You cannot tell someone who is born again to have faith. When they got born again, the faith of God was deposited in their spirits. God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So it is either you're using the faith or you're not using it. You already have faith. Because without faith, you cannot be born again. When you confess the Lord Jesus, it was an act of faith. Praise the name of the Lord. So we have the God kind of faith. Can you say that? Say, I have the God kind of faith. Okay, say it like you have it now. Say, I have the God kind of faith. Or say it one more time. Say, I have the God kind of faith. Okay. Verse 23. Verse 23. For assuredly. The New King James Version uses the word for assuredly. Okay. The King James Version uses the word for verily. The NIV says, truly I say to you. Truly I say to you. So it means that the next statement of Jesus is going to be a statement not of fact, but of truth. So Jesus says, truly I say to you. Meaning that what I'm going to tell you right now is true. I want you to, to, to ponder on that. Stay on that in a bit. Don't be in a hurry. You know, like I say, pay attention to details. Jesus was not just making a callous statement. He says, truly I say to you, verily I say to you, for assuredly, the New King James Version, I say to you, the New Living Translation says, I tell you the truth. So the next statement we're going to read is the truth. 
It's not a statement. Jesus wasn't trying to impress his disciples. Jesus was going to say something that is true. Are you following this? Hey, come on. Are you following this? Right. Truly, I tell you, the Amplified said. Thank you. Most for shortly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, and we defined the whoever last Sunday. The whoever wasn't talking to everybody in the streets. Who was he talking to? The disciples. Hello? Are you still here? Who was he talking to? The disciples. And we, we trace this when he says, Whosoever called on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he was referring to his disciples, born again children of God. Okay. For whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. This is the blank check of faith. What statements did Jesus make before this whole phrase? Truly I say to you. So that means that this statement is true. What that tells us is that this will work. Whatsoever you say you can have. Well, somebody say, well, then I say, I'm a billionaire. Will it work that way? Not sure. You're not sure. Someone say, yes, I believe. <laughs> okay. So you go and say, well, I have the largest church in the world. Now, this is important. That in the matter of faith, this is where we have missed it. What we just decided to do is to just say whatever we want. And we feel when we say whatever we want, we're going to have it. Faith, apart from relationship with God, will not work. That's very important. Because what now happens is that when you come into relationship with God, your desires begin to align with God. And you will not just be saying things for the sake of saying things, you will be saying what is in the word of God. Faith is positive in its confession, but faith is not positive confession. It is positive. Faith, when faith comes out, it is positive. But faith is different from positive confession. What's the difference? Faith is based on the word of God. Faith is based on the word of God. It is positive when it comes out, but it's different from positive confession. Let's take this verse apart a bit and see how the, how the Lord leads us. The Bible says that a man will have what he says if he does not doubt in his heart. Now, most of the times, we always emphasize confession. 
But the Bible tells us that your confession is invalidated by what is in your heart. That if I confess God's word, but there's doubt in my heart, then that confession is not going to work. So, what should you focus on? One of the primary things you can focus on in your life is how to deal with doubts. How to deal with doubts. Let's, let's, let's look at the power of words, for instance. It says, if you say to this mountain, the first thing I like to also say here is this. Jesus did not say there will be no mountains. One of the things that weakens our faith a lot in the body of Christ is that we have been sold a gospel that does not have trials, that does not have problems. You see people say, oh, if you come, come to Jesus, you will not have problems. That's not true. You will have problems. But you will overcome. You know, so sometimes we even sing, you know, um, what's that song that they sing and then they change along the way? When trial comes my way or something. You know, then people change it to when success comes my way because they are scared. Why are you scared of problems? Do you know the Bible was written to people who were living in one of the eras that the church was most persecuted? In those days, if you said you were a Christian, they could literally kill you. And they didn't tell them, well, come to God and you will avoid persecution. In fact, they told them, through much tribulation, will you enter into the kingdom? Our faith is not just to get things. Our faith is also to go through things. Without feeling the sense of those things. You see, and that's where the conflict of Christianity is coming. Because sometimes when people are going through trials in their life, we look at them that, is she sinning? What's wrong? Is she not paying her tithes? What's the problem? Are the enemies... So, because we can't resolve that conflict, we now put so much on the devil. Even what he doesn't know anything about. Ah, it's the devil. It's attack. It's attack. No. Through much tribulations are you enter into the kingdom. I was praying with the guys in Finema Church, and I said, let's pray for 2018 that no matter what comes, we will overcome. Because is 2018 going to be a problem-free year? Absolutely no. It will have its own challenges, but we are ready to take it on. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus said, Jesus recognized the mountain. That's what I'm saying. He did not assume there is no mountain. There is a mountain, but... The mountain is not God's problem. It's yours to deal with. He did not say, Oh, if you see the mountain, pray to me. He says, No, you speak to the mountain. Why? Because authority is not vested in your life. You don't pray to God about the mountain. You do something about the mountain. You speak to it. You talk to it. But interestingly, I'll share with my wife, interestingly, I was, I was thinking of this. This is how I think about the scriptures. I, I mean, if I'm going to teach a message on Sunday all over the week, I'm thinking about it. I'm just thinking about it. And I was thinking about this. Like, I asked myself, what are the three things that can destroy a fig tree so quickly? Number one, uh, maybe they go there and dig it up from the roots because the Bible says it was dried up from the roots. So maybe they dig it up, use a caterpillar or something, dig it up. Secondly, maybe they pour acid on it. It dries up, or they pour a very strong chemical on it, and it dries up. Wow. Right? Am I right? Those are some of the things that can destroy a fig tree. Am I right? 
Let's agree. Am I right? Okay. So that means, listen carefully to this. I know, miss, this is very important. That means when Jesus spoke over that fig tree, it had the same physical effect as if an acid was thrown on that tree. It had the same physical effect as if that tree was dug up from the roots. It had the same physical effect as if a strong chemical was poured on that tree. That means words are not just words. It means when a faith man speaks words, angels go into action to cause that word to come to pass. Now let me explain that to you. Quickly go to Psalm 103. And I'll show you something there. Psalm 103 verse 20. The faith life series. Having the God kind of faith and using the God kind of faith. Psalm 103 verse 20. Are you there? It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. So the angel excel in strength, meaning that angels are strong. Look at this. Who do his word? That means angels act on the word. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word. Look at the next line. Heeding the voice of his word. That's important. Heeding the voice of his word. The word heeding there means they listen to the voice of his word. So the question is, who gives voice to God's word? Hello? Who gives voice to the word of God? You. Let's go through that scripture again. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word. So angels act on the word of God. Who, heeding the voice of his word. So you are the one that gives voice to God's word. Remember what I'm just doing in the next three Sundays is to build on what, uh, Pastor Akumai taught us during the faith conference. You know, he taught us strongly about the ministry of angels. This is how we activate angels. By giving voice to the word of God. That means the word of God must be spoken. Hacking says, you cannot run to the giant with your mouth closed. The word of God has to be spoken. You must learn to speak the word of God. You know, sometimes when I say, let's confess our final scripture, some people are just sitting there. When I say, say this after me, some people never know the importance of confession in the Christian faith. If you don't utter words, no one will utter them on your behalf. You must be a speaking Christian. You must be a believer who speaks the word, who talks the word. Are you following what I'm saying? You must be someone who talks the word. Let's go to Hebrews 13.6. I'll just build on that a little bit and I'll just follow the direction of the Spirit and see how we go from here. You must have scriptures in your mouth. People who spend all their time listening to all kinds of things and then they want to just generate faith. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. Verse 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, that means God is speaking, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, So we may boldly say, So, 
God has said this, so we may boldly say. Look at this. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That means based on the fact that the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, I can boldly now say, the Lord is my helper. No man can do me anything. But you have to boldly say it. So God's word are for confessions. And like I said, it's not just to get things. If you're struggling with sin, you need to start putting the word of righteousness in your mouth. You see, oh, how do I put this? So that you're not offended. Christianity will not do you any good if all your spiritual growth, you have to rely on what I preach to you 50 minutes every Sunday morning. You better not be a Christian. You will not, you will not understand how Christianity is. Christianity takes diligence. You have to go back and study these things over and over. And don't tell me that you don't have time. You know, I'll talk about this when I talk about doubt, but I'll say this now. I had a friend come stay with us and, uh, he he was watching CNN. So I, I came to the parlor. I wanted to ask him that where did you see this station? I, I almost forgot that it was my house. This is me. I don't watch CNN. Except I stumbled on it on the reception of a hotel or somewhere. I know enough news to know that they are not selling the world tomorrow. But I don't know so much to put doubt in my heart. And after two hours of watching the news, I asked him, I said, what are you looking for? What, what exactly are you looking for? That he wants to be current. Okay. And I said, now that you are current after two hours, what has that currency done for you? What have you done? Okay, they are fighting in Russia. So what do you want to do? What, what, what are you planning to do now? Ah, Donald Trump is not a good president. Okay, so you are planning to contest in 2019 PDP in US, Abi. What exactly are you looking for? I want to know what is happening at your own spiritual detriment. That your outlook to the world is so negative. Can I tell you something? Listen to this. And I, I mean, I might not have my facts to prove it, but you cannot also disprove it. So. We'll just listen to each other. But now you're listening to me. I won't listen to you. The problem with the Christian faith about praying for enemies, killing people, people are trying to kill us. When did it start in its fullness? When African magic evolved fully. That's when it started. I mean, it was there, you know, at the, yeah, we just knew, but it wasn't this heavy. The more the film industry began to grow and they began to portray that, the more we watched it, the more it formed that theology. Nothing you listen to or read leaves you the same. Nothing. It will either increase your faith or reduce your faith. Nothing. If I was listening to one of my mentors, Pastor Banky, and he was seen on unbelief, he said, he said three things I want to quote here. He says, a man cannot have more faith than his circle of friends. 
A man cannot have more faith than his circle of friends. If you have friends who are just sitting on doubt and unbelief, your faith cannot grow. If you're struggling with your faith, it's because of the kind of friends you have. You see, there are certain things I'll tell my friends and they will rebuke me. I'll be ashamed. Say, you can't say that. And, 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 and that's where I'm going to. He says, if you say this, you can have it if you do not doubt in your heart. I don't want us to focus so much on the confession part, but the issue of doubt. Doubt invalidates God's word. You see people pray today, oh God, I'm going to get this job. Oh God, I'm trusting you for this job. Oh God, this job is going to come. I need to go meet their friend. How's it going? Hey man, to get job in this island. There are no jobs. Not one. If you don't know somebody, you can't get a job. But you just said. You just prayed. I thought you just prayed. Oh, I know this is going to happen. Oh, I know I'm believing for this. The next time you go out, ah, this country is finished. Ah, it's even better than me, Libya safe. <laughs> Praise God. Doubt. Your life will rise to the level of your faith. Your life will rise. It will go up to the level of your faith. You must, in the year that we're entering, you must fight doubt with all your life. Fight it. In fact, the scripture calls it the evil heart of unbelief. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. It says they have the evil heart of unbelief. In James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 8. It says the double minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. That means the man who is not stable. Who is double minded. He believes this the other day. He believes this the next day. James chapter 1 and verse 8. I want to read from the amplified version. For being as he is a man of two minds. He's hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, he feels, he decides. This man will not receive anything from the Lord. He's unstable about his feelings. He's unstable about his feelings. Today you are excited about the word of God. Tomorrow you are downcast. Today you are excited God is going to give us the victory. Tomorrow you are like, we don't know what God is going to do. You must deal with the issue of doubt. Pastor Banky said, Unbelief will ruin your ability to succeed. He has been my childhood friend, has nothing to do with your life and your destiny. He said, You must separate yourself from those who sow doubt into your life. Be very radical about it. Unbelief will jeopardize your faith. I am big. On what you say around me. I am big. My reaction can be very, very wild. I remember I walked out to a friend of mine from my house one day. He just came in. My son did something. He said something about my son. I said, don't say that again. He repeated it. So I told him to stand up. I said, you can leave. He thought I was joking. And I walked him out. That ended our friendship, of course. But it's better that that friendship is ended... Then I have a son who grows up in what he was saying. 
The words around me are protected. I was just joking. No, we can joke about something else. Let people around you be conscious of their words. I believe Mark 11, 23. This scripture was what raised Kenneth Hagin from the dead bed. When he was paralyzed and the doctor says he will not live beyond his 16th birthday. He stumbled on this verse of scripture. He started speaking his healing and he got healed. And lived up to 86 years. On this word. Why? Because Jesus said before he started this statement. Verily I say unto you. In fact, God's word translation says. I can guarantee this truth. That means Jesus was guaranteeing the fact. That if we get the faith of God in us. We can have what we say. This is a guaranteed fact of the way of life. In fact, I've heard many negative things happen to people. And when you go and you're trying to talk to them, they say, oh, pastor, I used to say it. I used to say it. This child will put me in trouble. And in my mind, I'm just wondering, so why am I here? You have just heard what you said. Oh, are you now saying we should deny what we're going through? Jesus did not say deny the mountain. What did he say? Speak to the mountain. If the mountain is not what you want, you talk to it. Not talk about the mountain. Hello? He didn't say talk about the mountain. He said do what? Talk to the mountain. You address the mountain. Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> In fact, sometimes because of the way we grew up, you know, sometimes you, you want to talk to your child and you say, uh, look at your face. You know, in our early days of raising the kids. We say, look at your face. Then my wife will say, like your father's face. You know, there's no negative confession there. I might not be the most handsome man in the world, but I know I'm not the ugly, so that's fine. (laughs) Do you understand? Even in those moments of anger, you control your words. Sometimes the kid does something and you want to react. And my wife will say, no, don't say that. Your words. The, the scripture says, if a man is perfect with his words, that same man is a perfect man. I'm not talking about what we confess when we're in church. When I say, say you have the God kind of faith, you are, oh, I have the God kind of faith. No, no, no. Everybody has faith here. Everybody is righteous here. Everybody is nice here. Everybody is holy here. That's why what you do in church is the least thing to test if you are a believer. It's what you do from Monday to Saturday that tells who you are. Not what you do here. Everybody's nice here. You can even step on people here and say, oh, please step on me again. Thank God. I love people stepping on me. Step on me. Glory to God. When you stepped on me, I got my healing. You step on them outside of that place. They'll fight you in the bus. Know how many times I have to walk to a bus and tell guys, don't talk to the driver. Just calm down. Because I know then guys are going to say, hey, idiot, our man of God is paying you. And you are talking like this fool. Wakashem. People are going to say it after listening to me just 20 minutes. Not even 20 minutes. 10 minutes. And you hear what people say on the way home. And in Akon, I don't know why the word is not working. It will not work. Just go back home and tear your husband down. And go back home and tear your wife down. Go back home, tear your children down. Go back home, tear the landlord down. And then you come. Oh God, oh God. And God is saying, with which mouth? Let's, let's check it out. 
Which mouth are you talking with me about now? What do you want now? Oh Lord, I want money. I want money. God said, okay. You get to the office tomorrow. Ah, country is dry. It's dry like bonga fish. There's no money anywhere. And the angels are wondering, you just said you wanted money and we are working on it. Ah, this Buhari, God, wherever he is, where is he now? Has he traveled again? God will punish him wherever he is. And God said, don't worry. Yeah, since he came, things has not been going well. You will be a testimony of that confession. When we look at you, we will know that there are things going wrong in this country. You will be a symbol of it. And yet, in the same year, people are building their houses. In the same year, people are getting jobs. In the same year, people are getting married. In the same year, you are a living proof that things are hard. That is symbol of it. When we see how bad the country is, we'll just peep at you. Why? You will have what you say. Are we denying the fact that the dollar has fallen down? It's a mountain. We can choose to talk about it or to talk to it. So we can decide to say, in respective of what happens in the economy, God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That becomes your reality. I know some of you are just on that dollar exchange rate site. It's currently opened on your, on your laptop with refresh button. Automatically, you are just changing. You, you see, let me explain this to you. Let me explain this to you. This, what I'm teaching you today would make the difference between life and death. I don't know why it happens. If you enter public transport, I don't know why it happens. Somehow, somehow, the discussion always will end in an accident. You will just, and I'm like, why are you people always talking of an accident? I will just pray. Everybody will start narrating their experience. Ah, when I was going to Abakali K. Hey, if you see where car was turning, car was turning, car was turning, car was turning. I say, your own was small. My own car was flying. I say, ah, no. If your own was flying, our own flew. And you see people describing shades of accidents. You know what I do when I travel? I put messages on my headphone and I plug my ears and I'm just listening to the word. I've been in some very terrible... I've not had an accident. I will not have an accident. I cannot have an accident. But I've been in the vehicle of very terrible drivers. Remember the the driver that was bringing us from camp? Right? Remember that? The driver was sleeping. We will be in the middle of the road. A big truck will be coming. We'll be one telling him, enter corner. Enter corner. Enter corner. Would, I mean, do you understand? He, he said he was sleeping. I wasn't feeling well. At a point, we had, to, we had to allow him to go throw up and come back. And people in the car go, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. <laughs> would you enter another vehicle in the middle of the road? No. Will they allow you to drive? No. What do you do? And don't say, oh Lord, I commit my spirit into your hands. That prayer is a prayer of death. That's why I should read the word of God. I just said, God, you will give your angels charge over us to keep us in the way to go. And after that, you are at peace. Peace is a sign of faith. You can't be in faith and be anxious at the same time. Oh, I'm believing for this thing. If it doesn't happen, I'll quickly call my uncle. In fact, you have dialed the number down. You have memorized it. That means you already have the answers to your prayer. Why are you believing God again? Some of us don't know what faith is. Faith does not give a hint about what he's believing for. 
except someone is agreeing with you. If two of you are agreeing on something, fantastic. If you learn to live this faith life, you will become independent of men. Most of us are too dependent on men and our progress is always tied to men. Have you ever wondered that that man you are depending on, the man can become broke? And some that's happened to some people. You will have what you say if you do not doubt in your heart. The mountain is not God's problem. It's your problem. You do something about it. Number two, you have to give the mountain specific directions. Be specific in your confession. Let me tell you how I confess. I take, I spend time meditating on a particular scripture. And I, when faith rises up in my heart, I just speak that scripture all the time. So as we're going into next year, I might not have a series of many confessions. I might just take two scriptures on finances, two scriptures on health, two, three scriptures on ministry, and just be speaking those scriptures throughout the year. You know, it's amazing that sometimes people even pray, and you ask them next week, what do you pray about? They can't remember anymore. So how do you know when the answers come? Because most times it's not prayer, it's complaining. We are complaining, we're not praying. We're not exchanging God's thoughts with our thoughts. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? You have to give the mountain specific directions. The double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. Words of faith spoken has the ability to shape history. I read something very interesting in Luke chapter 1. If you read, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 8. For the words to be fulfilled that Jesus was born in Nazareth, the king had to give a decree and say, hey, we're going to do census. Everybody go back to your house. And at the time they went to Nazareth, that's when Jesus was given birth to. When you speak words, God can move policies on your behalf. When you speak words, God can alter situations on your behalf. Are you following what I'm saying? Words of faith. Words of faith. Learn. You see, when we talk about this faith life, it's a life. It's not, don't see faith as a tool to achieve something. Faith is not a principle. It's your life. For instance, you hear people like on Sunday, like on Sunday service right now, I say, let's speak about our life. And you go, in the name of Jesus, I'm rich, I'm not poor. You know, that's the one we always start with. Because we always think our problem is money. I'm healthy, in the name of Jesus. Then you now remember your wife and your children. Then towards the end, you now remember your president. And then, on Monday, you're just in the office. And you're talking. And everything you're talking on Monday is directly opposite of what you've confessed. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, let me explain what this is. Pay attention. What you said on Monday is actually what you believe. Do you you get my point? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. So right now, we are under a controlled environment. Do you, do you get what I mean? In the sense of we're in church. So for instance, you cannot say the economy is bad. You, you know, you know, you not even want to say that. I know some of you are so bold that you say it. I don't fear any man. I will still say it. What is bad is bad. I respect you. And I honor you. But when you leave this environment and you have forgotten what I have preached to you, what you are now going to say is words. 
what you really believe about the country. At least on Monday, you will say nice things. On Tuesday, you say, by Wednesday night, when they take the light, say, ha, mashallah, Nigeria, it will take us one million years. So what should you do? You spend time with the word of God. Gloria Copeland, one of the women I respect so much, says, if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it will come out of your mouth the day you need it. If you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it will do what? Come out of your mouth the day you need it. When you are listening to words like this, you are building faith. Play messages in your car. Cut down your, the time you will spend on television. You know, it's a struggle for me to watch television. I mean, apart from when the best club in the world is playing, the rest of the time, I, I struggle. And I was listening to, I was listening to, to Pastor Banky Preach, and I told my wife, there's something I've been doing very, for a very long time, like 10 years. I know I will travel the world, I will fly planes, uh, that's not as a pilot, as a passenger. <laughs> so, and I, I naturally had the fear of heights. I don't like climbing. Once something is so high, I get scared. When I go up, you know, growing up in the village, when people were going up to pluck the guava tree, I always stay at the ground to make sure no one is missing. It wasn't because I really wanted to stay at the ground, but I was always scared that I would fall. And I began to build words in my spirit against that fear. Now I don't have that fear anymore. But one of the things I consciously do, I don't watch films that have plane crashes in them. Then there's this program they used to do on documentary three minutes before the crash or something. I don't watch it. Once there is a news that there's a plane crash somewhere, I don't read to find out how did it happen. I don't, I mean, even if I'm browsing on the internet and I see it, I just close the page. What am I doing? What am I doing? Proverbs 4.23 I'm guarding my heart with all diligence. I'm just using an example. So yesterday I was listening to Pastor Banky and he mentioned the same thing. I, was, I just told my wife, I said, this is it. I've never heard any preacher say that. You're watching soap operas and everything about that soap opera is how they are looking for one guest somewhere, how they are sleeping with somebody, how your husband is in the office and sleeping with somebody. I mean, that's just what you are watching. That's just what you are watching. What are you doing to your life? What are you doing to your life? How can you spend five hours in front of the television? I'm just relaxing. Your heart is not relaxing. Your body might be, but your heart is taking in information. Isn't it amazing how we always were so conscious of what our children watch and we are not conscious? Because you know what? We feel we can handle it. No, you can't. Every information is sowing seed into your heart. And the day you need faith, you discover that that thing is conflicting with your faith. Nobody told me not to stop watching television. Nobody told me. I had enough of the word of God in my heart that the desire was not there. I mean, I literally struggled. I remember, <laughs> I, I, I took my family out, we went to the cinema. You know, it should be fun, eating popcorn, watching film. They started the film, I slept off. At, towards the end of the film, I woke up. At least, I was the beginning and the end. I can tell you how it started and how it finished. I mean, I struggle, like, because I'm just thinking... No, I mean, of course, there are fantastic films. I'm not saying 
watching on films is bad. I hope you understand my heart here. What I'm just saying is that you cannot sit and receive information into your heart that will fight your faith. Because the difference between success and failure will be your faith. The difference between healing and sickness will be your faith. The difference between prosperity and poverty will be your faith. Even when we're believing God for finances. That's what I do. When we're believing God for finances, I take message on the subject of finances and I listen to it. You know what I found out? After a while, I believe that the resources will come. I'll give you a practical example. There was a time we needed some amount of millions here to pay off some contractors. We're at a very critical stage. The money wasn't coming. I, I think I talked about it on Sunday. That was the point I was concerned. We take a loan and the Lord said, no way. You're not taking a loan. You keep, stay on the word. So I remembered a message of Bishop Kit Butler. Kit Butler went to Rema, a spiritual son to Kenneth Hagin, when they were trying to build. So I went to my archives, pulled out the message, and I listened to that message more than 20 to 25 times, just listening to it. You know what I found out? As I was listening to that message, the bill we needed to pay began to reduce in my eyes. And the ability of God began to be magnified. After a while, faith came up in my heart and I made proclamations. And of course, the fact that we're here today means that the money came in. Even in my own personal life, sometimes I look around and there are no finances, nothing is going on. I get into the word of God again. In the same thing with healing. It's the same thing with the fruit of the womb. One of the best things that happened to Christians in those days was when you used to ask them, when a believer comes to you and say, Pastor, I'm traveling, pray for me. You know the questions Pastor used to ask you in those days? What scripture are you standing on? Hey, hey. How many of you remember that? Or oh, you didn't pass through that place into the Christian faith? How many of you remember when they used to ask you, what scripture are you believing? Only me? No. Okay, somebody should just raise their hand. Even if you don't, at least I can't be alone. So, no pastor has ever asked you which scripture are you believing. Oh. Because now we're used to the man of God just stretch his hands and I'll travel safely. The first thing, if you're trusting God for anything, go and look for it. Is this thing promised in the word? Are you following what I'm saying? If you do not doubt in your heart, you will have what you say. Five unbelief cut out circles of friends that hinder your faith. Every time you're talking about how bad things are, how bad things are. You see, in life, ne- I remember <laughs> I joined a local association in town. I joined a local association in town in the middle of pastors. The first day we went to the meeting, they said we should pray. So. The senior pastors say we should pray. So we're praying. And he said, you know, in this island, pastors are just dying. <laughs> so I paused. He said, okay. <laughs> ah, they are just dying like chickens. Ah, it's not just that they are dying. They are not dying like chickens. Okay. I paused. And after like two hours of meeting, so many negative things. Oh, bony people don't go to church. Oh, bony women are there. It's okay. The next day, the next meeting, I went. It was a bit different, but not too different. So I told my wife, I'm not joining again. 
So they called me. They said, ah, we have not been seeing you in meetings. I said, uh, no, I'm not chance. They said, oh, that you are owing some dues. I said, how much is the dues for two years? So they gave me, they gave me the bill for two years. So I paid two years down. This is the dues, right? It's better you keep the money and I preserve my faith. But you know what happened? This is, I mean, this is a true story. You know what happened? After associating with a couple of them for some months, I discovered I began to complain a lot about our church and about the people in this city. And my wife just said, but you don't used to complain like this before. In fact, I remember that time I called one of our guys and I said, I'm very discouraged. You remember the time I called you? And I said, I'm very discouraged about this work. And my wife said, but you don't talk this way. So I, I, I looked at myself and said, yeah, I don't talk this way. I began to trace the roots and I discovered it was that seemingly good association for men of God. That was my last. I went back. I said, I was the one that said I want to join. Now I have come to collect my membership form. I'm not joining again. There are some WhatsApp group you have to leave. You just put left. And when they call you, that, why are you not among them again? You say you, you try you are working on it. There are some WhatsApp group you have to leave. Ah, Adama, why is burning? <laughs> you know, sometimes they put me in some group and I ask myself, are people busy with their lives? Are people conscious of what is going on? And whether the news is true or, or not, we should just pray. No. The scripture says we should not circulate false reports. That's what the word of God says. It's like me coming to church and say, oh, fire is going to catch this building. And whether it's true or not, let's just pray. Is something not wrong with me? How can I spread negative news and say, whether it's true or not, let's just pray? No, we don't pray because of the news. We pray because the word of God tells us to pray. And we have the word of God telling us how to pray. When Jesus wanted to raise that little girl from the dead, the scripture says he drove out everybody and shut the door. I think this is a prophetic word for someone. It's time to drive away some people from your life and shut the door of faith with you and walk on your face. You sit in the barber shop for, for, and all you are talking about. Nothing. Even the little faith you have on Sunday, they drain it. That's why it's, it's really difficult for me to have friends. Really difficult. Because your friends will determine the direction of your life. You can't be in faith and your friends are in unbelief and you expect to get the same results. Are you following what I'm saying? The kinds of friends I have in school, man, those guys were crazy with faith. They were crazy. In fact, I'll tell you the kind of friends I have in school. When you, if you are even sick, to tell them that you are sick, you'll be ashamed. Do you understand? Like, how do I say it? How? How will I put it? And when they just come say, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm feeling a bit weak. Uh-uh. And you are still lying down. Say, hey, I'm a bit weak. Uh, no, no, guy, guess what, guess what, guess what. There's like 40 scriptures. Uh-uh. 40. <laughs> you just hear guy, just say, say after me, in the name of Jesus. I'm the head and all the tail. I mean, you will confess that confession. They say, okay, now you are finished confession. They act on the word, act on the word. It's like, act on it. You say, ah, oh, guy, go cook, go cook, go cook, go cook. Act on the word. Do you understand? Before you know, literally, I mean, did they take it to the extreme? Probably yes, but I was glad I belonged to those kind of extreme. It built so much faith on divine health. 
You just hear that, oh, this guy couldn't come to the lecture. What's the issue? Ah, he was sick. Ah, guy, no, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. Straight from the lecture hall, straight to the room. Ah, you couldn't come to the lecture. And you're like this. Ah, man of God, man of God. No, 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 no. Get the word. We'll just confess and confess. And it's not like saying that we'll confess the word. They'll say, we'll come and check you later. No, you are following us out. You will get healed. And did we receive our healing? Absolutely yes. Many times. Many times. We had a friend who had uh, a kind of a disease. And four years after when we left school, the disease was completely gone. The first question you ask the guy, do you have money to treat yourself? No. Do your parents have money? No. It's only school fees they can pay. Yes. If you have sense, you follow the word. <laughs> but you know why we can't say that to you now? This generation is so touchy. And I'll just say that aside. We are such a generation that is touchy. Somebody tells you the truth. Say, don't be judgmental. Are you righteous? It's difficult to even tell people. You know, everybody now, we're just managing everybody. How do you like to sit down in church? I like to sit down this way. Okay, okay. Face that side. Because we're afraid. We don't want people to leave the church. And that's why gradually, since we can't tell you the truth, you're also struggling in the Christian faith. If, for instance, if you come to my office and you're not feeling fine, and I say, how many healing scriptures have you spoken this morning? You know you'll not come back to church on Sunday. I went to meet the man of God. He said, oh, the man of God praying. He was asking me, 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 how many scriptures I have confessed. Is that one man of God? Because you don't want to do your job. What do we want? Give them oil. Give them handkerchief. Give them bango. Give them things. You just want to receive, receive. Have you asked yourself, which day are you going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Have you asked yourself, which day are you going to be the one giving? Have you asked yourself, which day are you going to be the one planting churches? How are you going to do that if you do not have faith? How will you do that if you don't have faith? Weed yourself of the circle of unbelief. I've heard people say nothing good can come out of this country. Then you don't have a right to prosper here. You don't have a right. If nothing good will come out, then we'll be on your way to Libya. And we'll watch you on video. The way this country is going, one day we will all die. Then leave. Isn't it amazing how everybody who talks bad about this country still make their money from this country and send it out there and still say nothing good will come out of the country? How do you expect a country to be productive for you when you don't believe it will be productive for you? It's against the law of God's word. You know what the Lord told them when we were going to Babylon? He said, I'm taking you as a slave to Babylon. He says, when you are there, he said, pray for the peace of that place. He said, build houses. Do you understand? He said, listen, God was not telling them, this is your country. He said, you are going as slaves. He says, but because you are God's people, when you go into that place as slaves, live as if you're going to live there forever because you carry the blessing. I've heard people come, ah, in Bonnie Island, if I, if I remember the first time I came, and people say, nah, if man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God, if you want your ministry to go to the next level, it is Port Harcourt. <laughs> I say, what about the people here? I ah, know they don't go to church. So where do they go to? And you know, when the man gets to Port Harcourt, what happens? 
Say, man of God, if you are in Abuja, ah, forget it. Forget it. When the guys in Abuja say Lagos, Lagos, hey, hey, Lagos, that's where Chris made it. That's where Edibo made it. That's where Edibo made it. And you see pastors jumping from place to place as confused people. If God can prosper you here, what's the guarantee that I can prosper you when you go there? If you serve a God that his ability is only revealed in certain locations, you need to change God's. If you ask my kids, where is home? They'll tell you Bonnie Island. When we were moving, we didn't move with an extra attachment that one day we'll run away. No, we just moved and say, hey God, if you want us to be here forever, we're here. If you want us to be here for 10 years, we're here. If anywhere you want us to be. Because you know what? I'd rather be in the will of God. That's where preservation is. And I'll talk about this before this year is over. The importance of geography in God's plan for your life. You can't just go anywhere. You can't just live anywhere. There's a place God wants you. And sometimes it is unbelief. I mean, are there natural conditions, natural facilities? Of course, there are. You know, the first time I traveled out of the country, there was a way I used to blame people who traveled. But after I traveled, I reduced the blame a bit. You would just... <laughs> okay, no blame you guys. Do you understand? Because, I mean, absolutely. There are things that should just be done. and But with that invalidate our faith? No. That's why God put us here. Hallelujah. On Sunday we'll wrap this up. We'll see how the Lord leads us. But listen to this. Three things I want you to take from this morning's message. Number one, your words are important. Not just words you speak in church. When you are in that taxi going home. In those moments of anger, that's what is really in your heart. Those moments of anger. In your bed when you're lying down. And nobody's there. That's what's in your heart. And if you want to change that, spend time on the word of God. You cannot have faith outside of God's word. Number two. Break away from the cycle of unbelief. Break away. I'll tell you this. There are certain things I'm believing for. And I'll tell myself, I'm believing for this thing myself. I don't even tell my wife about it. I just say, hey, I just want to be sure. I mean, sometimes we, not sometimes, most times we agree on things together. But there are some things I'm believing God for. I know what's in my heart. And I'm taking this faith journey alone. With yourself. If you have a husband who doesn't believe the things you're believing God for, where you believe God yourself. If you have a wife who is not believing, you believe God yourself. You cannot let other people's unbelief rub off on you, no matter how close they are. Are you following what I'm saying? There are certain times my wife is not, maybe she's sick or she's not feeling too well. And she says, oh, can you come pray for me? I say, no. I mean, you can ask her. I told her, you say, hey, come and pray for me. I say, no, I'm not praying. Get angry. I'll beg you later. But I'm not praying. She says, oh, why are you not praying? She says, you pray for yourself. What about if I travel? And the other times, I'm also not feeling too well. I don't even say, come pray for me. I get on the word myself. 